If you would, turn with me tonight to the book of Philippians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We're going to be looking at Philippians tonight. First chapter, chapter 1. Stand, if you would, tonight for the reading of God's Word in honor of it. I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. Hmm. Hallelujah. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction unto my bonds, and the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for the opportunity to preach tonight, God. Thank you for your anointing that's in this service. Thank you for the love that we're feeling. And Lord God, I pray now, Father, that you would anoint me, O God, that you would cause me, Lord God, to simply be a vessel that you use, O God, to speak unto this people. Father God, move in their hearts and move in their minds, move in their spirits, O God. In Jesus' name I pray and for your glory. Amen. And amen, you may be seated. So let me catch you up here on where we're at in history. As you well know, Paul was captured by Christ on the road to Damascus. He subsequently went on three missionary trips, one in the area of Perga and, and Turkey. And then he went across over into, into Greece, into Macedonia and Achaia. That's, that's the nation of Greece. Then he went his last missionary episode, he went in Ephesus when he left Ephesus, he went back to Jerusalem, and when he got to Jerusalem, he was arrested there. If you remember the story, he, began to, he, uh, he came into the temple. When he came out of the temple, the Jews accosted him. The Romans came and captured him, and they, they put him in jail, and he stayed in prison there for three years in Jerusalem. The last, the last uh, attempt that he had, he had in front of Felix, and he, uh, he, he uh, told Felix he would appeal to Rome. He wanted to go to Rome to be stand before Nero, and so Felix granted him that, and so he, he left Jerusalem, and he went into Rome. When he went into Rome, he wrote the books of Philemon, and Philemon, he says this, I trust that by your prayers I shall soon be delivered. So he went into Rome expecting to quickly be delivered by Nero and be acquitted and be back on his way, and he tells him he's going <clears> to <throat> go by Rome on his way to Spain, and so that was his plan. But what we find is that Three years of prison in Jerusalem and then going to Rome, writing, I'll soon be delivered. But here we are two years later. We've written Colossians. We've written Ephesians. And now we find ourselves two years later. And the situation in Rome has totally changed over the last two years. Rome has become very violent. Nero has become very deranged. The whole situation now has become kind of sketchy. And when we begin to read Philippians, which is the epistle of joy, when we begin to read this, we find Paul say, whether I live or whether I die, I know that I'm in the Lord's hands. 
So we went from two years from I know that I will soon be delivered to whether I live or die, I know that I'm in the Lord's hands. So that's, that's where we're at. I wanted to give you some sense of what Paul's state of mind is as he writes this epistle. And, and, and as he writes it, he gives me something in here that I think we need to grab hold of tonight. What he tells me is that we have the choice to either be radical for the cause of Christ or to be complacent for the cause of Christ. He tells me that in order to, he, he talks about here that because he is radical, he is in jail. Because he has forced the gospel of Christ, he's in jail. And I want to tell you tonight that if you begin to force the gospel of Christ, if you become radical for the cause of Christ, or as the magazine article that I recently led, if you become fully engaged... Fully engaged means that you go to church more than one time a week, that you spend time reading your Bible, and you spend time every day in prayer. That's what they term fully engaged. And if you become fully engaged in Christ, let me tell you that your world is going to change. If you become fully engaged with Christ at your school, your world is going to change. If you become fully engaged with Christ at your work, your world is going to change. If you become fully engaged in Christ in what you do in life and where you go, your world is going to change. Because whenever you become fully engaged with Christ, then you begin to affect the world that's around you. They called Paul the ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And they said, they that have turned the whole world upside down have come here as well. He was considered to be a plague. He was considered to be someone that when he showed up, everything around him changed. The whole world went different. And I want to tell you, but it, it, that's the way it was in Paul's day, and that's the way it is in 21st century America as well. Whenever we become fully engaged with Christ, whenever we become sold out and radical for the cause of Christ, when we begin to soar <clears throat> upon the wings of an eagle and begin to believe what Jesus said and begin to practice what Jesus said and become fully engaged, fully engulfed, fully won, fully, fully dedicated <laughs> to the cause of Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you, your world's going to change. Not everybody's going to love you. You're not going to be the darling of the, of the office anymore. Not everybody's going to think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I, I, this church is pretty unique. I don't know if you know that or not. I've been to a, couple, a few churches in my life and been in a lot of services, and I'm just going to tell you that this church is a little bit unique in, in that the, the Spirit of the Lord and the gifts of the Spirit seem to to be more free here. And I don't know why that is, but it just, it just seems that way to me. And I've told, I've, I've told myself and I've, I've thought about it and I thought, you know what? If I was just trying to build a church, if I, if I was, somebody passed by me this morning and they said, brother, it's not going to be long. We're going to have to try to find, start finding places for people to sit. Well, that wasn't the case this morning. But by faith, he spoke those words to me. And, you know, I've thought about that, and I thought, you know, if I, was just, if I was just trying to fill this place up, if I was just trying to do that, then I'm pretty sure we could do it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that we could get the service right and get the lights right and get the music right and get the timing right and get everything right, get the production just so-so to where people would want to come and they'd want to stay and they would leave out of here saying, yeah, I, man, I love that church. I really enjoy going to that church. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying this, because we tend to let the Spirit move in the way that He moves in this church, 
because we tend to do that, people leave out of here either loving it or hating it. They either love the way the Spirit moves or they hate the way the Spirit moves. But you know what? My job and your job and our job as a church is not to try to make it appealing to where everybody that comes in here will love it. Not to try to make it to where it ministers and touches everybody's heart and soul by, by making them feel better about themselves. Because if you're living in sin, I don't want you feeling better. If your life's messed up, I don't want you feeling better. I want you to feel the pain. I want you to feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that you're on your way to hell. It doesn't do me, it doesn't do you any good for me to soft pedal something and allow you to just waltz out of here, not ever having your life changed and bust hell wide open. What did I do? How did I help you? I didn't help. God didn't call me to be a helper. God called me to be a preacher. He didn't call you just to simply be saved. He called you to be sold out and radical for the cause of God. And when you're sold out and radical for the cause of God, your conversation's different. Your attitude's different. The things around you are different. Everything is different about you. The world is afraid of you because they don't know how to deal with you. They know how to deal with a crazy person that goes out there on the street and protests and throws bottle, bottle bombs and, and messes everything up. And they, know, they understand that. But whenever you start acting like God, they don't get that. They can't understand that. And because of that, the Bible says that they fear the true sold-out radical Christian because when you walk into a room, you put off an aroma. When you're sold out and radical for the cause of Christ, you put off an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere when you walk into the room. There's an atmosphere when you walk into a meeting. There's an atmosphere when you walk into a classroom. There's an atmosphere that's about you that, that causes the atmosphere in the room to change. The Bible tells me that whenever I go into a room, then the ones who are ready to go, the ones who are serving God, the ones who have accepted Christ as their Savior, then the atmosphere that the sold out and radical Christian produces is a sweet smelling savor. It reminds them that they're heading somewhere. You know, I don't live in every day of my life to die. I'm living every day of my life to live. My, my greatest life is ahead of me. Do you hear me? My greatest life is ahead of me. I'm not, I'm not living my life to die. I'm living my life to go somewhere where I'll live forever. Glory to God. Every day of my life, I'm more alive than I was the day before. Woo. <laughs> my God, my God. Every day of my life, I move, move closer and closer to a place where I know that I'll be more alive than I've ever been before. A Christian shouldn't wind away and die and pour out in a puff of smoke. It should go out like they were talking. Should go out singing glory. Should go out saying, I, I know the Lord can heal me. If he doesn't, that's fine. I know how, how this thing will end. But if, but if he does, what if he does? Hallelujah. Give God a chance. Give God a chance. And whenever you're sold out and radical for God and you enter a room, then you begin to put off an aura. You begin to change the atmosphere from death unto life. And they recognize that. They recognize that. But, but those that aren't saved, those who aren't living the life for Christ, those who are simply living to die, those who are simply living to die, because if you don't know Jesus, that's all you're doing. You're doing push-ups till you die. 
I don't care if you die with a billion dollars. You still just done push-ups because your kids are going to take your money and they're just going to blow it. The Bible says that. He says, it says a rich man dies thinking that he'll go on forever through his children. Like a green willow tree, it says. But guess what? His kids take the money and they just blow it. So he doesn't go on forever. He just dies, goes into the grave. The worms eat him and he rots like everybody else. He's living to die. And those that don't know Jesus Christ, they simply live to die. They live, for a, they live for a day, fearing that day, knowing there's nothing they can do to stop that day because there's no amount of money, there's no amount of fame, there's no amount of fortune, there's no amount of power, there's no amount of government, there's no amount of anything that can stop that death day. Jesus said it's appointed unto every man a day to die. And, 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 and Solomon said there's no discharge in that army. There's no getting out of it. You're going to die. Hallelujah. But if you know Jesus, that's just a gateway into life. But if you don't know Jesus, it's a gateway into death. And when you go into a room, those who are appointed themselves to die, those who refuse to listen to Jesus Christ, those who want to walk and live their own way, when you walk in that room, the Bible says you put off a savor unto death. They feel that atmosphere change. They know they're not right. They feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit. They feel that fear knowing that they're on their way to death. They got, as I heard a minister say one time, they got one foot in the grave and one foot in a banana peel and they got no way to stop it. They feel that. They experience that. So if you think everybody's going to love you if you're sold out and radical under Christ, I'm going to tell you you're, you're not. They're not going to. They're simply not going to because you're not built to be accepted by this world. And, and whether or not this church is filled or whether there's 50 or however many there is, is that's, that's, that's God's responsibility. Our responsibility is to do what he says to do. Our responsibility is to be a part of a church that's serving and following Jesus Christ. Ours is to be a church that is, that, is, that is moving in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that when somebody gets sick, they should be able to say, take me down to Oak Grove. I hear they believe in healing. And I know, I know Sister Ruth Boaz, she got her healing down there at Oak Grove. Take me down there and let them pray for me there. That's the, that's the advertisement we need, glory to God. That's what we need. people need to know us by. Is by people that are sold out and radical under God and believe in the divine works of the Holy Spirit and people that don't know Jesus as they come into this house, they need to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I've told you this story before, but I, I have a, a minister, I know of a minister that's on Facebook like all of us are, and he had a young lady call him. I may have told you this story. If I have, just, just nod your head like I haven't, and that'll be okay. He called, a late young lady called him and she said, I'd like to meet with you. He said, okay, I, I, I will. And he brought his wife with him so it wouldn't look awkward there in a public place. But he went and met with her and talked with her for a little while. And, you know, very nice young lady, very, 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 very attractive lady, just, just young lady. Just, they were just talking. And finally he said, why did you want to meet with me? I don't, we're just small talking now, so tell me what's, what's the problem? She said, well, the problem is I'm a lesbian. He said, okay, all right. And she said, I want to come to your church. He said, you're welcome. She said, I want to bring my girlfriend. He said, she's welcome. She said, do you think that'll be okay? And he said, I bet I can stand it longer than you can. I bet I can stand it longer than you can. That's a confidence in God. 
That's a confidence that says when you come in here, you're going to feel like you need to change your life. You're going to feel the Holy Spirit begin to move in you. You're going to learn that there's a better way to do things. You're going to learn that God wants to set you free from those things. You're going to learn that you can live your best life. You're going to live that you can learn, learn that you can live a better life. You're going to learn that God can change things. When you come into this house, you're going to learn that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. I have confidence that when you come in here, you won't leave out of here like you came in. You're going to be changed. And I want to tell you, my prayer for Oak Grove Assembly of God is that when people come out of here, they leave out of this place changed by the power of God. Either changed for the better or changed for the worse, but changed none the same. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you something. Paul says that some people preach the gospel. Let me, let me read it. I always get this backwards when I try to quote it. So let me just read it. He says, some... 16, the one preached Christ of, uh, verse 17, the other of love, knowing that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. He said in 15, some preach Christ even of envy and strife and also some of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add to my affliction, the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. But he goes on to say, what then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and therein do I rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. If, if people leave out of here, touched by the power of God, if they feel the love of God when they come in, if they know that we accept them and we embrace them, if they know those things, but through the course of the service and the things that go on in the services and through the course of the preaching and the altar calls, whenever they leave out of here, they leave out of here for the better or they leave out of here for the worse. And if they go and they say, hey, you need to come with me to Oak Grove. God is moving over there. He'll set you free. He'll touch you. He'll deliver you. If, if they leave out of here and that's their, that's their voice, that's good. If they leave out of here and say, I wouldn't go to that church. It's nothing but a bunch of crazies. It's all made up. It's no good. I wouldn't set foot inside that church. I don't, I don't believe anything they're doing. That's good too. That's good too. You say, how can that be good? Because they're preaching to people and they're saying, don't go there. But what they're really saying is, don't go there because Jesus is there and you're not going to like it. And Jesus is glorified in both. He's glorified from the ones that lift him up and he's glorified from the ones that, that speak against him because in all ways, Oak Grove and Jesus Christ is talked about. And that's what Paul was saying. You know, he was saying, hey, some preach it out of love, some preach it just to try to make me aggravated, but it doesn't really matter which way because Jesus is glorified and that's all that's important. And I want to tell you tonight, whether, whether God sends you to some place and you never run more than 10 or 15 people or whether God sends you someplace and you pastor a mega church or whether God sends you someplace and you work and you work and you work and you never see anything change or whether God sends you someplace and everybody you touch is healed, no matter which spot you're in, as long as Jesus Christ is glorified, then they're both good. They're both good. Of course, I would rather go to the one where stuff's happening. Of course, I'd rather go to the one that's doing that kind of stuff. I'd rather be in that situation. But if I find myself in the other situation, doesn't change anything. Because I'm not here trying to build a crowd. We're not here trying to build, are, are we? 
We're not here trying to build a crowd. We're here trying to increase the kingdom of God. And if we're increasing the kingdom of God, if we're allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and our lives, then I promise you, God can do a lot more in this community by us just following after Jesus than we could do having giveaways and parties and things that would bring people in. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's better to be radical. It's better to be it's better to be dedicated under the cause of Christ. It's better to be fully engaged in what God is doing. It's better to let God deal with my life because I'm following after him. And I'm telling you, if you're going to be fully engaged with God, you're going to find some places where you get a whipping. There's going to be some places where the Lord says, I told you, I told you, and I, you know, my dad, my, my dad didn't so much, but my mom would say, I told you, and I told you, and I told you, and then you got by whatever was close by, floss water, shoe, whatever was close, uh, cutting board, didn't matter. Dad didn't tell you but once, as you got one chance with him. But mom would, mom would tell you and tell you and tell you. And sometimes God's like my mom. Sometimes he says, son, I've told you and told you and told you about this, and now you're getting it. Now you're going to be chastised. Now you're going to be corrected. Now you're going to receive the results of what of your continual hard-headedness. You're going to receive that result. And if I choose to continue to be ignorant, then I'm going to find that God says, fine, just keep being ignorant. And you receive the results of what your ignorance is bringing you. But if I choose to be smart and listen to what the Lord's saying and say, okay, Lord, then I'm going to correct that and I'm going to get better here and I'm going to follow you greater, then what you're going to find is that the harder that you run after God, the more of God you can tend to have. The harder you run after God, the more you may be disliked. The harder you run after God, the more you may be talked about. The harder you run about God, the more your church may be said something about. But praise God, somebody's at least talking about you in a good way. By saying that they don't like you because you're, you're, too, you're too sold out. You're too crazy with that stuff. There's no sense to get that far gone with religion. And I'm going to tell you, I agree. There's no reason to get that far gone with religion. But there is a reason to get that far gone with Jesus Christ and him crucified. That he might increase and I might decrease. That I might send forth a sweet smelling savor unto the Lord. Glory to God. That somebody might know that there's somebody in Fred, Texas that's following after Jesus with all their heart, their mind, their soul, and their strength that they can get out of the meth houses and they can leave the drug addiction and they can get out of pornography and they can be set free from alcoholism and they don't have to just wallow around in that mess but they can be free for he who the son makes free is free indeed. Hallelujah. I look around this room tonight and I see I see drug addicts I think Michael Sims testified one time that he was caught up in the world of drugs, but God brought him out. I see drug addicts that's been delivered. I see alcoholics that have been set free. There's probably some abusers of, of sexual abusers in here somewhere or pornographers somewhere that have been set free by the power of God. I look around you tonight and I don't, I don't see you as perfect people. I see you as people that have been rescued by the power of Jesus Christ for all of us were lost in sin. All of us were where we were when God found us. Some of us, he found us steeped in religion, so judgmental and like me, steeped in religion, judgmental, con- condemning, knowing I was the smartest man in the room no matter where I went. He found 
found me there, but he set me free and let me know that, I, I, that religion was going to get me nowhere. But falling in love with Jesus Christ caused me to put away religion to follow after him. And it was the greatest relationship change I ever made in my life. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. He gives you the ability to put that aside. You don't have to live your life with jealousy and anger and revenge and, and oppression and, and all the things that go along with that mess. I see Jamie sitting back there and, and had such a difficult time, couldn't even hardly leave her house. So much anxiety and depression and, and things just continually surrounded her. But as she began to walk with God, as she began to do the things that God gave her to do, as she began to take those baby steps, like she said one day, I'm here. You don't realize how big a deal that is, but I'm here. And I tell you what, as she begins to do that, and the more that she does that, then last Sunday night, I saw that young lady as God set her free, and she was under the power of God, and her feet were moving faster than, her, than, than she could keep up with. And the power of God was moving in her soul. And I'm telling you, if we're going to do something, let's do it radical. Let's do it crazy. Let's don't let the world dictate to us how we act, but let's let Jesus Christ and him crucified dictate what we believe and what we say. But the more you do that, the more you're going to find yourself separated from the world. The more you're going to find that the world seems weirder and weirder. The more you're going to find out that you're not of this world. And the more you're going to find out that there's people that love you and there's going to be people that can't stand you. Why? Because unto one you're a savor of life unto life, but to the other you're a savor of death unto death. But in any case, Jesus Christ is glorified. Jesus, I, I don't have to be the one everybody loves. Now, I'd like to be that. I would enjoy that. That is my nature, is for you to like me. I want you to like me. But what I found is that there's sometimes when I stand up for Christ, that I'm not really liked. Not always loved. But you know what? In both cases, God is glorified. And though the one may cause me contention in my heart, though the one may break my heart, though I may shed tears, praying, asking the Lord to fix a relationship, if it's broken because of the life I live for Christ, if that was what breaks it, then God can be glorified in that. Not if I've been mean. If I've been mean, I need to repent and I need to ask your forgiveness. But if it's, if it's the Jesus that lives in me that causes someone not to like me, then God's glorified in that. Let, 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 me, let me give you an example. God looked upon the whole earth. He looked upon a whole earth and he saw that every man, probably a couple of million people, every man was corrupted. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Every man on the earth was corrupted. And the thoughts of his mind were wicked, the Bible says continually. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God gave Noah about 95 years to preach. And Noah preached. Noah built an ark. And Noah preached. And he continued to build the ark. And he preached. And for 95 years, 
he preached what God gave him to preach. And after 95 years, he had no converts. He had nobody that stayed. He had no disciples. And even one of his own sons didn't believe him because as soon as he got off the ark, he backslid. Even one of his own sons wasn't with him. 95 years of laboring in the same field. 95 years of preaching the word of God. 95 years of trying to hold service with only eight people and all of them family. But when the day came that God told them to get on the boat and they got on there, some say three days later, the door closed. And when it closed, I used to think that when it closed, People came and beat on the door trying to get in. But I'm going to tell you, I think that's wrong. These people were so hardened, they had, been, they, had, they had pressed against God and they had pushed against everything that Noah believed. They had pushed against righteousness. They had pushed against holiness. They had pushed against separation. They had refused and refused and refused and refused and refused. For 95 years, they had told God no. And just like Pharaoh, when that door closed, all they said was, look at that foolish man. Now he's in a boat out here in the middle of the desert and tells me something about rain that's fixing to fall from the sky, he's lost it. He's totally lost it now. But the rain began to fall. And when the rain began to fall, the water began to rise. And I used to wonder what the dad told his son when he was standing on his tiptoes about to go under. And he'd been doing that way for several days now. And he knew he was fixing to die. I wondered what the man told his son. But one day I came to understand that the man and his boy shook his fist at that boat, cursed God as they died. Why? Because God had been glorified through Noah. And that preaching of the word had so had done a, such a perfect work in the generation that he lived in that even though they were hardened unto God, even though they were hardened to everything God was, even though they shook their fist at God as they died, even though they did those things and all of that, God received glory because God proved that what God says is right. What God says is right. He told them to build a boat. He told them there was coming a flood. He told them the only ones that were going to be saved were the ones on the boat. He told them and told them and told them and told them and told them. And they laughed at him. They jeered at him. And I'm going to tell you tonight, when you begin to tell somebody that I believe God's going to heal me of this or I believe God's going to put my family back together or I believe God's going to take my children, bring my children home, I believe God's going to do this and I believe God's going to do that, the ones that believe with you, they will believe with you. But the ones that don't believe with you, they just simply watch and they laugh every day. Every day it's not happening. But I'm going to tell you, there comes a day when their laughter's turned to sorrow. Because they see that there is only hope through Jesus Christ. They see that God does do what God said he's going to do. They see that God does heal, that God does deliver, that God does put it back together. And I'll tell you this, if God doesn't heal my body and I die, if God doesn't heal my body and I die, and I die with my hands lifted, and the last thing I say is receive my spirit, O Lord Jesus, then I tell you what, you may feel like I lost, but praise God, I'm going to tell you, I just won. <laughs> I just won. God, if, God can, if God takes me home, then, then the battle's over. 
<laughs> the victory's won. God is glorified because my last breath says, I believe in God. I believe in God. And some may think it's foolish, but I'm going to tell you, the ones that think it's foolish glorify God because they know that I died, but I'm in the arms of a heavenly Savior. And they know if they die, they're not going to be in no arms of no heavenly Savior. And God is glorified even in death. God is glorified. Isaiah, one more story, and then I'll change here. Isaiah, you remember in Isaiah 6, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, train filled the temple, and, and there was a coal. He said, oh, forgive me for I'm a man of unclean lips, and there was a coal taken off the altar, and he touched his lips, and he was cleaned, and then he said, who will go for us? And he said, Lord, send me. Do you remember that? If you read the next couple of verses, Isaiah kind of comes to himself, and he says, wait a minute, how long am I supposed to do this? Wait a minute. I, I, I just about signed the paper without knowing that I got to read it first. How long am I supposed to do this? And the Lord said, till the houses are gone and the people are gone and, and, and everything is uninhabited. That's how long I want you to preach. That's how long I want you to preach. And I'll tell you this. Isaiah lived to watch Israel go into captivity and their houses be abandoned and their gods be abandoned and everything to be abandoned. That's how long Isaiah preached. And then he continued to preach throughout the time of Hezekiah until Manasseh, the, the king of Judah, became king. He began to continue to preach for that. And in Manasseh, the children of Israel, of Judah, lost favor with God. So he preached as long as God gave him permission to preach. And even though he died a martyr's death, he's considered to be one of the greatest prophets that's ever, that ever wrote in that book. Because he glorified God in his death just as much as he glorified God in his life. And I just want to tell you tonight that I feel like the time is now. If you've ever wanted to be fully engaged in the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you ever wanted to be that person that changes a situation or changes a world, if you ever wanted to be that person that says, as for me and my house, oh God, We'll serve the Lord. If you ever wanted to be that person, then it starts with you tonight. No doubt everybody in here, I have no doubt when a Sunday night crowd shows up, I have no doubt that you're fully engaged. I have, I have no doubt. But I feel like that in the upcoming months, I feel like in the upcoming months, we're going to see the glory and the power of God in ways we may not have seen it in the past. We're, we're going to begin to see things that go on in this house. I, I, had a, I had a lady recently, a very prophetic, godly lady, recently tell Kathy and I some things that she felt like she saw for our church, for this church, not our church, but God's church where we are. <clears throat> And, and she's a very prophetic lady. She's a very godly, godly woman. And, and she spoke to us of some things that she felt like were going to happen in the future. And, and one or two of the things she spoke about weren't good things. That they weren't good things. 
But when I went home and thought about what she said, it reminded me, and she referenced a Bible story. And I went home and I was meditating and thinking on that Bible story. And I remembered that after the little bit of bad stuff happened, I remembered that the church after that was so exalted with signs and wonders and miracles that the Bible said that even the shadow of Peter passing over those that were laid in the street, they were healed. Even the shadow, of the shadow, he didn't anoint them with oil or nothing. He just walked by them and they were healed. <clears throat> and it was a change, an explosion, a, a, a movement of signs and wonders and miracles that began to happen in that church. And, and all I want to tell you tonight is this. Don't just hang on. Press forward. Press forward. Give God glory. Give God honor. Give him, give, him, give him praise for what he's doing. And let the stuff that goes on, let it go on. The stuff outside the walls in the world, I don't know who's going to be the next president. I don't, I don't know what, what the situation in the Middle East is going to do. I don't know what's going to happen in Iran. I don't know what's going on with Russia and, and, the, and the, the Ukraine. I don't know how that's all going to end up. I don't know how any of it is. But here's what I'm telling you. Don't worry about that. You're not involved in it anyway. You got one vote. They're not going to let you count. You're not going to get to stand over their shoulder and make sure they do it right. You cast your one vote and you leave the rest of it to God. He knows what he's doing. Inside the church, don't, 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 don't get concerned with the, with the, with the, get concerned about, about worshiping God and about, about pressing forward and about seeing God heal, deliver. A lot of you have promises that God has given you. I'm, I think in 2020, what is this, four, I think 2024 is a good year for those promises to come to pass. I think 2024 is a good year to see healings and deliverances and miracles and power and anointing and the Spirit of God moving in our midst. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on allowing God to be God within our midst. Let's focus on seeing people delivered and set free and, and, and discipled and moved upon by God. And let's quit worrying about some of the minuscule stuff that we, we don't have a lot of control over anyway. But instead, let's focus on what God's doing in my life and focus on what God's doing in your life and focus what God's doing in the church. We had a lot of visitors in here this morning. We had a lot of visitors in here this morning. And I pray that the ones that went out here went out here either saying, man, I've I never been, I love that, that's wonderful, or leave out of here saying, man, I ain't never going back there, them people are nuts. One of the two. The worst thing that can be said about a church is that was a nice service. Really enjoyed the singing. The preaching was real good. It's like kissing your sister. And I don't have a sister. I'm sure I'm not going to kiss my brother. He's got a beard. But they used to tell us whenever you tied a football game, they said tying a football game is like kissing your sister. There's, there's no thrill in it. It's no good. And church should never be like you're kissing your sister. It should either be radical and ex exhilarating and, and loving and kind and full of God, or you should leave out of here saying, man, I, I'm just not interested in that. But never that was nice. Never. And it'll be that way if we that are called by his name will humble ourselves and pray 
and turn from our wicked ways, then we'll find that God shows up and he meets our needs. He meets our needs. Stand with me tonight if you would. In either case, God is glorified. God is glorified. And that's what we want. Hallelujah. We want God to be glorified. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I'll tell you how I think we're going to end this tonight. And I, and I don't expect everybody to respond to this. I don't, I don't want you just to move because somebody else is moving. I, I, I want you to, I, I'm, I think the Holy Spirit's giving you just a moment here to think about it. Just giving you a moment to think about it. Because if we're going to do what I think God's called us to do, if we're going to do that, then it's going to require something of you. It may require more of your time. It may require you to put some things down. It may require you to pick some things up. But it's going to, requ- it's going to be a requirement. It may require you to move out of your comfort zone in your worship to where you get in a place where you're not really comfortable I, I don't know what all it's going to require. I don't, I don't know what all it's going to entail. I know what it's entailed with me over the years. I know that. But I don't know what it's going to entail with me over the future. I don't know. But here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. This is me talking to me. What I want to say is, God, I, I, want, I want to be everything that you have ordained for me to be. Because when I was born, he wrote all my, na- all my days down in a book. And he's got a, he's got a place for me to do what he's called me to do. He's, he, and when I say a place, I mean, I mean a place in him. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a physical place. I'm talking about a place in him. I have to be in that place in him to accomplish what he wants me to accomplish. Does that make sense? You with me? I need more than one or two to shake your head. Is you, are you with me? Okay, thank you. Thank you, for those, thank you for those nods and grunts. Appreciate that. But here's what, I, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm saying tonight. I'm saying, God, I want to get to that place in you so that I can be the sold out and radical person I need to be in order for your will to be accomplished through me. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's, what, that's what I'm saying tonight. I'm saying, God, I want to continue to walk with you and I want to get to that place in you that the destiny that you have ordained can be manifested through me because I'm in the spot where you can use me. That's my prayer. So, and like I said, I don't expect everybody to respond to this tonight, 
If you do, that's wonderful. But if you do, you better realize that it could require some changes in your lifestyle. It may require some changes in how you, how you do your business. There may be some things that have to shift a little bit because if you keep doing the same things you've always done, you'll get the same things you always got. Does that make sense? So in order to change some things, you're going to have to change some things. So I want you to think about it for just a moment. And then if that's your desire tonight, if you say, God, I, I want to I do that. I want to I, I I get where I need to get in you so that you can do through me what you have ordained for me to do. And if that's your will tonight, if that's your desire tonight, then I simply, as an, as a, as an act of, of commitment to the thing that's in your heart, as an act of commitment, I want you to simply leave your seat and come and stand down here in this altar area. If that's you tonight that says, God, I need to get, I want to get to where I need to be in you so that the destiny that you've designed for me can be manifested through me. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to get. And if that's you tonight, then I want you to come down. Thank you for your response. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know some things that God has dealt with my heart about. And a couple of them require me to really crucify the flesh. Because it's things that I'm not interested in, like getting up earlier in the morning. I'm not interested in that. But the Lord is beginning to help me understand that if I'm not willing to do that, then we stop until I get ready to do it. Do you understand that? It stops. God doesn't work around it. He says, okay, till you get this right, then we'll go to the next step. But till you get this right, we're just going to sit here and do push-ups and, and, and squats till you figure it out. Then we'll move on. So tonight, I want you to just begin to lift your hands and just begin to tell the Lord what's in your heart. Tell the Lord why you came down. Begin to tell him, Lord, and I'm a heavenly father. Lord God, I pray tonight, Father God, that you would move in the heart of this people, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for this people that are willing to sacrifice their Sunday night, Lord God, to come into this house, Lord God. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory to God. I thank you, Holy Spirit. And I rejoice in you, Almighty God. And thank you for this congregation, Lord God, that's willing to come back and sacrifice their Sunday nights, oh God, to be in your house, Father God. And I praise you for that, oh God. And now I pray, Almighty God, that you would deal with our hearts and deal with our minds tonight, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray by the power of God, Lord, that you'd begin to help us, oh God, to understand, Lord God, how we can be more towards you, oh God. How we can begin to work the works, oh God, that you've given us to do, oh God. Lord, how, how we can follow you in a closer manner, God. How we can be where you need us to be, O oh God. To where the destiny that you have ordained for us, God, can be accomplished through us, God. Because we're in the right place at the right season, at the right time, O oh God, for your will to be done, Father. And I pray tonight, Lord God, that you begin to work in the lives of those, Father God, that have come down and said, Lord, we want to follow you. Lord, we want to commit to you, O oh God. Lord God, we want to follow you, Lord God. Though none go with us, we want to follow you, God. Lord, we know, O oh Lord God, it may cost us something, O oh God. We want to follow you, O oh God. Lord God, though we know, Almighty God, that as we begin this walk, Lord God, 
Father, that we make ourselves more open, oh God, to the attacks of the enemy, Lord God. Father God, we want to follow you, Lord God. Lord, we want to be more filled with your spirit, Lord God. We want to be more filled with your thoughts, oh God. We want to have more understanding of your word, oh God. Father, we want our feet, oh God, to be on the right path, oh God, and the love that God has for us, oh God, to be manifested through us, oh God. Father God, in Jesus' name, God, I pray for these, oh God. I ask you, O Holy Spirit, Lord God, Father, to fill their cups to overflowing even tonight, Lord God. Lord, let your Holy Spirit, Lord God, begin to fill their souls tonight, God. Let your Holy Spirit, Lord God, begin to fall within their innermost being, O God. Father God, and, and give them, Lord God, a fresh baptism and a fresh anointing of the power of God tonight, O God. Lord God, bathe us in your glory. Bathe us in your power. Bathe us in your anointing, O God, and let your Holy Spirit reign within our souls, O God, as we reach out to you. Come on, begin to reach out to him. Begin to let the Lord fill you right now. Come on, begin to let the Lord renew that spirit within you. Begin to let the Lord rejuvenate that soul within you. Rejuvenate that spirit. Renew that wineskin so it can begin to receive the new wine of the Holy Ghost. Come on, begin to let him do that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Be filled tonight. 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 In Jesus' name, God, let the Holy Spirit, Father, begin to baptize them anew and afresh, O God. Begin to baptize us, O God, and let your glory begin to fill our lives, God, in manners and ways that we've never felt before, O God. In Jesus' name, God, thy kingdom come and thy will be done within our lives, O God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Fill us with your presence, God. Fill us with your power, God. Fill us with your anointing, God. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done in our lives tonight, oh God. Set us free, Lord God, from all the works of the enemy, God. Set us free, oh God, from every voice that's not of you. Set us free, oh God, to be filled with your power. Set us free, oh God, to be filled with your anointing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, begin to drink from a fresh river. Begin to drink from a fresh well. Come on, let something new spring up in your soul tonight. Let something new spring up in your soul. Let something new, be, come on, be, just begin to let it flow out of you. Come on, just let it spring up. Spring up, oh well. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Something new, something new, something different, something radical. Come on, let it begin to burn in your soul. Let a fire begin to stoke within your spirit. Let the glory of the Lord begin to feel your life. Hallelujah. For with God, nothing shall be called impossible. Glory to God. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it, church. Hallelujah. 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 There you go. There you go. Come on. Begin to let that well spring up. Come on, begin to push, begin to let it flow, begin to let it renew that wine skin, begin to let it make differences in your spirit. Oh, hallelujah, let your glory, let the glory of the Lord begin to swell up within you. Glory to God. Stir up the gift, as Bo said this morning. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
In Jesus' name, fill us tonight, God. Fill us tonight, God. Let your glory roll, Lord God. Let your glory roll, Lord God. Let your glory roll, Lord God. Let your glory fall, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Just begin to say, God, I receive it. God, I receive your healing. God, I receive your deliverance. God, I receive your infilling. God, I receive a freshness of the Spirit of God. Lord, I receive, Lord God. Hallelujah. Stir it up within me, God. Stir it up within me, God. Stir it up. That's right. That's right. Come on. That's right. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Father God, stir it up within us, God. Oh, Father God, let us put off that savor of life, oh God. Let us put off that odor of life, oh God. Lord, let God, let people know, oh God, that there's something alive within us, oh God. There's something different about us, oh God. Father, we're not filled with the things of this world, but we're filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let the glory of the Lord begin to fill temples, Father. Stir up the gift, oh God. Stir up the gift, oh God. Stir up the gift. Glory to God, 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 glory to God. Yes, amen, hallelujah. Stir it up, Holy Spirit. Stir it up, Holy Spirit. Stir it up, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, help us to drink from a fresh well tonight, God. Help us to receive a fresh anointing tonight, God. Let a fresh power burn in our soul, O oh God. Let a fresh commitment, Lord God, be generated tonight, God. In Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, let a fresh love, O oh God. Let a fresh love for people, O oh God. Let a fresh love for people, O oh God. Be birthed within our soul tonight, God, that we would feel your spirit and know your power, Lord God. Father, not the same manna, Lord God, that we ate yesterday. Yesterday. Not the same manna, Lord God, that we ate yesterday, but Lord God, a first fruits, O oh God, of a new land, O oh God, a fresh fruits of a new land, O oh God, hallelujah, a new land, O oh God, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Just receive it tonight. Just begin to receive it tonight. Oh God, I receive it, O oh God, I receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Something fresh, something new, something powerful. Glory to God. Birth it within our souls tonight, oh God. Father God, Father God, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Let it flow, let it roll, just let it roll. Just let it roll, just let it roll. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let it roll, let it roll. Just begin to let it roll out of you. Come on, hallelujah. Just receive it as God gives it. Just receive it, just receive it. Glory to God, receive it. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Spring up, O oh well. 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 Hallelujah. 
Oh, when Zion travails, sons and daughters are going to be born. When Zion travails, sons and daughters will be born. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> My God, glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord, praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to know that tomorrow is going to be different than yesterday. When you wake up tomorrow, your world's not going to exist like it did Friday when you left it. If you came down here and prayed that prayer and you were serious in your heart, and I know you were, then I'm going to tell you when you get up Monday morning, there's going to be something different. The world's going to feel different in the morning. Your dedication to God's going to feel different. Your, your love for people tomorrow may feel different. You may find yourself being a little more understanding than you were in the past because God's birthed a little patience inside of you to give you some understanding and some patience with some people. There's going to be something different in your life tomorrow. And whenever you begin to notice that difference, don't fight against it. That's Don't fight against it. Let God work that out within you. Let God birth what God's trying to birth within you. And don't fight against the things that God changes in your life. That's a hard thing to do. Because it means changing some attitudes, changing some mindsets, changing some, you know, changing some routines. We all have routines. Some of, your, some of our routines, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying me. Some of our routines are chaos, but they're routines nonetheless. And it may require a little more fine-tuning may require something different. And all I'm saying is, if you want God to do what you ask God to do tonight, then you're going to have to be willing to let God change some things in your life. So tomorrow morning when you get up and you feel different and you notice that you need to, you feel like you need to do some things different, then don't fight against them, but instead just flow with them. Flow with them and see what God's doing and let him do it. Let him do it. Some people will love you, and some people will hate you. But God is glorified in both cases, and that's all you're interested in. Right? Right? All right. Well, thank you tonight for letting me be crazy. I appreciate it so much. I've always wanted to be at a church where I could be crazy, and I appreciate you letting me do that. I love you very much. I, I, the, the one goal I have for this church is I want us all to gather around the throne together one day.
and worship God together. That's my one goal because I believe that's, that's what God wants. That's why, that's why we're here is to be together around God's throne. And we're going to take as many people as we can with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this church and thank you for this congregation, Lord God. Such a beautiful group of people, Lord God, that you've gathered at this, this site, oh God. And I just praise you for their love for you. I praise you for their devotion to you. I praise you for their commitment to you, God. And I pray tonight, oh God, that you would honor what we've asked tonight, oh God. And Lord God, that you would even begin to move in areas, Lord God, that would cause us, Father God, to get to that place of destiny that we need to be so that your spirit can manifest life through us, oh God. I thank you for this congregation. I just pray, God, that you would bless them in their going in and bless them in their going out, God. I pray, Lord God, that you would prosper them in everything they put their hands to, Lord God, and you would prosper them, Lord God, abundantly, Lord God, that the wicked would say, why are they so blessed? Why does everything always turn out right for them? They would know, oh God, that it's because they follow after you and you would be glorified, Lord God, through their prosperity, Lord. Lord, I don't even, I'm not even praying that, that prosperity would always be financial, Lord God, but may it be in love and may it be in mercy and may it be in grace and may it be in power and may it be in direction and may it be in wisdom, O oh God, that you would just prosper them in everything they put their hands to, God. Father God, I just pray, Lord God, a blessing upon them and upon their families, O oh God, Lord, that you would cause them, O oh God, to be families that are committed and radical for you. Thank you, Lord God, for your love. Thank you for meeting with us tonight, God. Thank you for your signs and wonders and miracles that you've done. And thank you, Lord God, for the ones that are coming this year, Father. Thank you, God, for that glory cloud resting in this house, oh God. Thank you, Lord God, for the power of God to be in this house to heal, for be in this house to set free and deliver, God. Thank you for your many blessings, oh God, and we give you praise. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, we pray tonight. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great week. God bless you.